Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to Modernizer Die, CFML News Edition, and I can actually say that, Brad, because we're really back. So... Thanks to everybody who are stuck around for us to finish this show. But uh, Eric, do they want to hear your voice today? <laughs> I think they want to hear anything today. Yep. Thanks for sticking with us through some technical difficulties there. Yep. Sorry, guys. We changed Eric's audio settings, and I guess I broke them big time. So we're hosting from my side now. So let's try that again. So you missed all the good news, but we'll, we'll recap. So, <laughs> And I, I said that, Brad, uh, for Charlie... Um, Brad always tells me we're we're not coming back. You don't have to say welcome back. What if they've never been here? Well, if you're watching, you probably were watching before, so that's why welcome back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, thanks Eric for joining me again, and uh, let's thank our sponsors. That's right. Thank you to Or Solutions for sponsoring this podcast. The makers of all your favorite box products. You can say thank you and give back in a few ways, like liking and subscribing to these videos on YouTube. Signing up for an account on CFCast, which releases new content every week, or by buying Ortis's book, 102 Cold Box Quick Tips and Tricks over on Gumroad. Okay, so let's get on with this, and hopefully my mic's not too loud. It looks like it's picking up more than it should right now, so... Oh, gosh. Well, let's uh, also thank our Patreon supporters. They have 38 uh, awesome Patreon supporters that are helping us uh, support 100% of this podcast and also some of the other things. Um, apparently, the video froze now. So, <laughs> oh, geez, what a day. Just, anyway. Yeah, I think we just keep going on that one. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so uh, thanks to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about some of the perks and uh, some of those bronze members actually get some awesome videos for free. And we'll tell them about that next as we start the news here. All right. So the biggest news of the week, we're a little biased, but it is that the Into the Box 2021 videos are now available on CF Casts. Yep, for you, sure. You can you can head to CF Cast right now. If you're a subscriber, watch them all. If you're if you were an Into the Box 2021 attendee, you should have received a coupon for access to your email. Uh, please contact us if you have not. And for anybody else, you can either sign up for a CF, CFCast account or even just do a one-time purchase of the Into the Box videos for $199. Yep, exactly. So it's a lot of great content. Uh... I watched all of one track because I was in that room, but I have to see the other tracks. So I'm looking forward to watching the rest of those here very soon, and you should too. Uh, it was a great conference and lots of great speakers and great content, so excited to, to share that with everybody. So there we go. Um, we also had a, another big release, as we mentioned at the Into the Box keynote, which are available on YouTube. Content Box version 5 has been released. Woohoo! So some crazy re-architecturing of the entire app so we can get multi-site working. Um, a lot of migration scripts and everything are being built to make it easier for you. And so there's blog post, there's a new marketing site, and the docs have all been updated for version 5 as well. That's right. Multi-site, companion CLI, headless CMS. There's a lot of great stuff in here. Uh, check out the blog post, the marketing site, or the docs, 
or all three. We'll have them all in the show notes. Yep. Very cool. Okay. So if you want more podcasts, this week we have a new episode of the Soapbox Edition. Luis Mahano is relaunching that October 7th. So uh, I know that there's got that all scheduled out for the next few episodes. So every month you'll be receiving a new episode of the Modernizer Die podcast, Soapbox Edition. I think he interviewed you for one of those, right? Yeah, I don't know when it comes out, but I, I am on one of them. Yep. Uh, so I know that they'll be talking about things like content box, uh, sorry, cold boxes life, uh, 15 years old now, and a few other things about the community sort of interview style. So that'll be relaunching October 7th. So a couple of days away from that. And you can get to see that on soapbox.modernizerdie.io. Lastly, we have a webinar coming up here at the end of the month with you, Gavin about your building quick APIs, the extended version. Yep. Uh, so, sorry, go ahead. So this is the extended version of Gavin's Into the Box um, presentation that you can go watch right now on CFCast. But uh, Gavin had so much content that we just needed to give him more time to talk about it. So we'll be giving him the webinar slot this October, this month, Yep. to do that. We'll be uh, diving a little deeper and maybe trying to add a little bit onto the end of it. Um, but there's a great companion repo for that. Uh, slides are always super detailed. Uh, so that way you can follow along yourself at home without having to worry about me being there. So hopefully uh, you guys will get something out of it. And if you didn't get to see it at ITB, come check out the webinar and we'll go from there. Yeah. One of the, my favorite things about it for anybody who didn't see it was you had like 30 API versions for all the changes, right? Was there more? That's about that was about 30. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. So like you get a step-by-step, -step, hey, let's change it this way, this way, see the differences, and you can run them all in as examples. It was great. So yeah. I've watch done the CFCast video. Yeah, so I've done branches before, but man, it's a pain for someone to switch branches all the time. It's a pain to like diff them. It's a pain to create them because if you screw something up, <laughs> you gotta go fix them in all these different branches. <laughs> like, I, so I like this I, method. I think I'm I, settled. <laughs> I ran into that with the, the up and running with quick workshop because I did the branch um, way that you're talking about because I wanted that diff. And if I noticed a mistake on step 12 that I should have done in step four, there's a lot of rebasing <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. But yeah, it's kind of cool with API versions. It's, it's kind of nice. And, yeah. Yeah. But the cool thing is, too, you're not just diffing one file, you're diffing everything, except uh, you don't get to see the diffs of like the cold box configuration, et cetera, where a branch would do that. Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out the video or come sign up for the webinar. Sign up form should be up any day now. Well, it is October officially, Gavin, and you know what that means. Hacktoberfest. It's Hacktoberfest. This is the DigitalOcean sponsored event for contributing to open source via GitHub or GitLab this year. I don't know oh. if that's new this year or was a last year thing, but I, um, I didn't know that. You can sign up at hacktoberfest.digitalocean.com so it will track your progress. You can uh, do four, I believe, four pull requests that are accepted according to their rules will get you either a free t shirt or they will plant a tree on your behalf. And we at Ordis love Hacktoberfest, want to support you, whether that's contributing to a module, our docs, Coldbox itself. We're here to help. 
So uh, catch us in the Slack channel or on Twitter, and we can help you get going on that. Yep, for sure. Let me just see if I can share my screen for those who are watching. And the cool thing about that is you'll see there's a little Hacktober tag on some of our modules now. So Hacktoberfest is on the .env module, but a lot of the other modules, if you see that there, you know it's one that you can uh, use. And if it's not there, please tell us so we can add it. We're trying to add them all, but it is a bit of a manual process, right, Eric? There's no tag all my repos. Yeah, but... yeah GitHub doesn't give me a, like, do this for everything in the org, so... We could script it, but we've just kind of taken a more lazy loading approach, <laughs> if you will. So when you when you send in the pull request, we'll make sure the topic gets put on. <laughs> yep. And that's the thing, too. I mean, it can be on the repo or on just the pull request itself. So as long as it gets on yep. there, you get credit. And yeah, where you go. We got some pretty cool shirts. And I wasn't prepared. I would have wore one today. I probably have one for the rest of the month. So yeah, that's some pretty cool idea. shirts, too. <laughs> All right, last bit of news, um, Adobe's one-day workshop over in the European area of the world continues with Damien Bruendonks. That's November 10th is the next one. It is 9 to 5 Central European time. Yep, so it looks like some good content. It's nice to see them doing a series over there, and I know Mark Takata's got more webinars uh, coming out later this year as well for Adobe there. All the previous webinars are online. The workshops, I think you do have to be in person to get that. So, okay. Well, next up, we'll talk about CFCast. And I think we had a pretty big release already mentioned today. So <laughs> That's right. Our CFCast update is into the box. Yep. There's a lot of videos. I think there's like 30 um, I don't or know. something. Yep. Yeah, I was going to just go look at how many videos was in that series. 29. 29. It's a 22 hours and 25 minutes of content for you there, folks. Yep, and we cut out all the fluff. Don't worry. There's no fluff in our presentations. Well, no, I mean, ever. The, the dancing or the... Oh, I, we <laughs> cut out Edgardo? We no, need to put that back in. Yeah, we're going to we be probably adding. charge extra for that one. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Oh, well, we hope you enjoy those. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yep, and then Charlie has a little note saying those day-long webinars are basically the content that Nolan created for the certification training now packages a single-day session, which is nice. Or <laughs> one can see the videos by paying. So that's, that is really cool. Thanks, Charlie, for sharing that. I wasn't sure what the actual content was, and you had a big covering. Uh, I've seen the, you know, sort of the agenda. Um, but yeah, very cool. Okay, so next up, we have our conferences and training. So we got a couple of a uh, couple of nice ones coming up here. So next up is one of our favorites, Vue.js Live. So I don't know if you saw this one or not, but they actually have um, online and in person in the London, UK. The Vue.js conference is going to be remote and in person this year. I'm loving the animation they have on their site. Have you? I have to you, share it. Let me share. You have it to share it. <laughs> you move your mouse around, and everybody can appreciate this. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff I would spend way too long on if left to my own devices. Yep, and they have the videos. <laughs> so yeah, so twentieth, twenty-first, and they have some um, free and pro workshops too. So 
go check those out lots of great content um, a lot of good speakers too like I recognize a lot of them uh, so go find out some more details on viewjslive.com but very cool we also have one um, from Microsoft uh, Microsoft Ignite is happening I believe in November this year and I have the link I was gonna post it for us to look at sorry I say we're gonna been a crazy week already Gavin started before we jumped on this podcast saying this has been a crazy Wednesday so yep. I'll let you know where we're at <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly feels like a Wednesday already so it's uh, November 2nd through 4th um, tools sessions expertise um, yeah registration form I wonder what that tells you here okay we got to sign in to find out but it's usually a pretty big conference it's a digital event so um, want more information go to ignite and I will get more information and put in the show notes and we'll share it next week so we just saw, saw that one right before the show started too and then the the big one on our radar is Adobe's Cold Fusion Summit in December December 7th and 8th I did notice on their website that the uh, speaker list has changed from saying past speakers to speakers. Mm -hmm. So again, we've been wondering if there's going to be a call for speakers or a um, just inviting past speakers. I don't know if this tells us anything about that, but well, I'm yeah, it reading has, into the tea leaves. It already has sponsors. I'm not sure if you know if we've been if we're already sponsoring Order Solutions or they just know we will. Um, so yeah, I'm curious, <laughs> curious if that's uh, updated or they're just getting ready for it. So, but that's right, coming soon. So register. Remember that one is free. So go check that out, and then hopefully next year they might have a real one back in person in Vegas. Oh please, 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 please. Well, it's like the closest one there is for me too, so I can drive there. Okay, so lots of great con uh, content still coming your way. Um, we've got a few more before the end of the year. And we also have Into the Box of the TAM live in person um, that we're hoping to get more details very soon. Now Into the Box is over. They're planning for the next one. So that should be uh, the LATAM version very soon. Okay, so let's get into blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. And you want to run us through the first one from Matthew Clemente. Yeah, Matt's back in blogging. Woo! Yay! Um, and this was fun, too, because I, I had no idea about this. And I think the f thing I thought was most fun is at the end, he's like, yeah, this is in Coldbox. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> so this is about object save and object load. Uh, those are builds and functions to Cold Fusion. And I'll be honest, when I first saw that, I thought, is Matt doing like hibernate ORM stuff? That's weird. But no, this is not that. This is something very different. And it's about um, converting a cold fusion object to something that can be to a binary format. So you can serialize it, you can save it. Um, there's even a way to save it to a file. And then later you can load it up and it will have all the data that was in it at the time you saved it. So this, not, I wonder if it's like a sort of a WDDX type thing, because they kind of did that with those, but I don't know. Yeah. So Anyone in the chat I, knows, let us know. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll pretend that we know something, but yeah, interesting. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you can check out the blog post for the examples and the more in-depth thing there. 
Um, but yeah, it's used in Coldbox in some places. It was used in this Hashify um, function that he had to convert cold fusion objects to a hash consistently. So yeah, some pretty neat, and that would take into account the data that was in the object, not just like the code that you wrote. I think that's why it's important there. Very cool. Right, if you object save a component that has different properties assigned to it, different things in the variable scope, it's gonna come out differently. So that was, that was pretty cool. I didn't know about that either. And I'm glad to see Matt back writing in his blog. And it looks like on a new uh, platform, of something that looks very pretty. Yeah, it does. Those who saw my screen a minute ago will notice that. I noticed. We noticed, Matt. Okay, next up we have a tweet from Brad, and this is actually because I started a conversation with him saying uh, that weird call box is still ready not to reserve request error is ugly. We should give him a way to basically make that prettier. And he says, uh, you can just uh, give call box fail fast. Uh, a closure basically and uh you can do whatever the heck you want and i was like oh i looked through the docs i'm like sure enough uh it wasn't there but when i looked through the code i did notice it was there so so brad was right brad's always right right i actually don't don't <laughs> i shouldn't have said that out loud <laughs> but uh yeah so that's something that so, we need to document yeah so i i saw this and i noticed um that we don't have any docs in the cold box docs about this cold box fail fast um so we definitely need to get on this this is cold box's way of saying hey we're starting up the framework you've had multiple requests come in at the same time and we can't serve your request until the framework's fully up and there's ways to customize the message there's ways to return a, a full page if you would like but none of that's in the doc so we at least have a ticket now to go get those in the doc so all of you can enjoy that without having to dive into the source code yeah because when i dove into the source code i missed the closure piece right above it i was like man that's an ugly error message and there's no way to <laughs> fix it so yeah but the way you do it basically is you pass a closure from your application csc where we're bootstrapping and then that way it'll use it wherever it needs it but very cool so glad to see that will be get, get documented here so i don't make a fool of myself again later <laughs> Okay, what do we got next? We have a blog post by Mr. Terry Beard on his blog about rolling your own CF query to JSON. And I thought it could be fun to pull some of the tidbits he had in here. Um, some things that uh, especially developers newer to either ColdFusion or um, returning building APIs might run into, which is that the a couple of things, the query type does not serialize to what you would imagine in JSON. <laughs> no. It comes back with like the columns and data um, and everything. ColdFusion loves to uppercase query everything's. Um, so most of the time you end up needing to cast it yourself, either in your query or, you know, loop over your query and create an array of structs. I thought it would be fun to point out too that uh, at least in Lucy and someone helped me the version of cold fusion you can pass a return type to the query and it will return an array of structs for you which is amazing yeah i always get confused with that one because i think it's 2018 that started it for for the query execute for mm -hmm. i think i'm looking it up too sorry and then i think the last thing it, he showed a return format 
uh, metadata on a remote function. I believe that's built into the CFML engines to take like the value that comes back and serialize it to JSON automatically for you. Um, Coldbox, I think, has some of that as well built into the handlers. So yeah, just a few little tidbits in this that I thought we'd share. Thanks for the, the blog post, Terry. Yep. Um, let's see, array of structs. So in Lucy, yeah, return type equals array. I don't think you can do it in Cold Fusion yet, though. I think that's what I always think you can, but... Charlie's telling us it might even be as recent as 2021. So, yeah. so I was saying, I thought it was, and then I made a fool of myself arguing with you about QB <laughs> with it one time. <laughs> yeah, QB doesn't use that mostly because if you re add return type in for the older Cold Fusion versions, it just yells at you. You can't even have the key, and it was a real pain. So. Yeah. I do something similar to what Terry does, which is I loop over your query and make it an array because arrays are I, a little bit more standard. <laughs> yeah, I think I used to do a deserialized JSON, serialized JSON, but when you serialize it, you tell it to struct or something. You do something weird oh, like yeah. that. And that's I've my trick. I've seen that. Yeah, that's my trick. It's a <laughs> throw in and out real quick with an extra variable and it does it for you. But I think I put it up on. Box. I don't know. Actually, I should check that out. It helps. So next up, we have something about a public beta of GitHub releases. And I'm sure this is pretty exciting for you, Eric, because I know you do a lot of work with semantic releases. So you want to tell us about Yeah. It? So GitHub releases, if you go to any of our GitHub um, cold, like modules, uh, repos, there's the words, um, you can view the releases, which is usually just a bunch of tags. And GitHub's changing a little bit of the UI there, focusing on contributors, uh, making it easy to see the diff. But my favorite thing is they're going to auto-generate release notes based on pull requests in that tag, which, like, yeah, as uh, sorry, as Gavin said, I built out a whole system to do that automatically. So I'll be happy to throw that away and let GitHub do that. Um, but yeah, I thought that was fun. We especially with Oktoberfest, we all are living on GitHub. And so anything that they improve is very welcome. Yep. I mean, I know that sometimes other people use other things in GitHub and we use GitLab a lot and everything as well. So, but, so maybe you don't have to throw away your semantic release, but you probably won't give it as much love <laughs> with GitHub stuff. Yeah. Well, they also said in the same thing that for those that wanted to provide their own, they have it as part of their GitHub action that you can say, here are my release notes for oh. this automated release. So I'll just, I'll probably switch to that because I still do a lot of custom stuff. And But yeah, still very nice to have a sanctioned way to handle that. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, I think this is pretty interesting. The next thing on our list is Tailwind Labs, adding CSS sorry, adding Tailwind CSS to an existing project. And that's something that a lot of people want to know how to do. And there's a video here for them. That's pretty Yeah, cool. so Gavin, you made the mistake of giving every all the control over to me today. So I got to put all the stuff I like in. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tailwind's amazing. I think it's amazing. It's a CSS framework, if you have not heard of it, that focuses on utility classes, which... Um, they do a lot of great work helping debunk all of the things you think are problems about that. Um, for me, Tailwind helped me actually figure out what CSS was doing and not feel like I was doing it wrong. 
And so I very much appreciate it. And in this one, they're talking about, hey, you have you want to add Tailwind to your site. You don't want to change any of the rest of your site. How do you do that? And they go into it right here. It's very, uh, very step by step. Um, great video. All the Tailwind Labs videos are amazing. So just seeing somebody build something with CSS makes it feel so much less scary. Yeah, and their Tailwind UI setup they have. I mean, they're growing. There was just a couple of guys, and now that they're they've got a little team, they're really polishing everything. I mean, it's like Tailwind UI is really good, but this here I really like because yeah, you don't have to worry about naming collisions or specificity issues, which is a huge thing if you can say it. Um, and then <laughs> you know, I like and Tailwind. you don't need to rewrite your site. Yeah, and I like, like the fact that <laughs> yeah, they take care of the bloating too, because that's the thing. A lot of people get worried that I'm going to have four CSS frameworks now, like all that CSS code. So yeah, so Tailwind does really great, and especially from this this release and their next one is like out of the box, where they only produce the exact CSS you need. I think at the end of the video, he had like 1.2 kilobytes of new CSS, like. <laughs> Yeah. I am pretty sure that we write more of that in in just our code than CSS. Like that's not that's not a problem at all. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty small. So it's so it's very there's cool. also amazing great videos, but that was a new one this week, and um, I thought that especially applicable since most of us are maintaining sites that have been around for a while, not necessarily like building something from scratch. And so adding to existing products is all projects is always an important factor yep for sure okay next up we have one from ben adele and this one here he's testing big int auto increment usage in mysql so there's there's some <laughs> some neat details but the uh, the gist of it was ben wanted to make sure that if he used the big int in the auto incrementing column that everything would work it does um, there's some details in there about how Lucy seems to store them internally uh, that you can check out. But yeah, you can use big ints for your auto incrementing type. But can you use them which for I, a foreign key to something what's an uh, another one? Because I always hate that. <laughs> someone I mean, if they're both one... big ints, they should be fine, right? Yeah, I just that's the thing. A lot of times, someone will upgrade the primary key to a big int or something, and then all the foreign keys break because <laughs> they didn't upgrade mm, everything. Yeah. Anyway, that's true. War stories. But um, I'm trying to think of what the the largest value of a big int is. Here, I'll put it in the chat because I can't read that. It's a big number. Count the zeros. Billions, trillions, quadrillion in the quintillions. So that is a, a little bit bigger number. than integer. <laughs> that is for sure. And then next up, I have to show the picture here because there's oh someone goodness. who's crazier than Brad when it comes to cofusion. <laughs> so I saw a tweet and I thought the guy was kind of joking at first because it was like a little um, some basically some chicken scratch on his arm and he says he's gonna go get the cold fusion dude tattooed on him and then lo and behold he did it so this is the final product for those watching you get to see it those who are listening you'll have to go check it out uh we have one <laughs> the link in the show notes but that's pretty cool not sure i would yeah. get it on me but uh pretty cool. <laughs> agree on both counts <laughs> But yeah, and so this person is Kalos. 
And I'm like, he looks kind of familiar, but I don't know. Maybe he's uh, Igato's crazy cousin. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure, but uh, that's pretty impressive. So I think we should uh, invite him to the next Into the Box as a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what's next on the list? Find the job time. Okay. Oh my gosh, we're over 200 jobs this year already. That's quite a lot. So we have uh, four new ones listed by the look of it. Yeah, this I got. This is a weird aside, but this first one was like almost a shock to me. So it's a back-end developer for Amerisave Mortgage here in the U.S., and that was surprising to me because I've used them before. I didn't know they had Cold Fusion running it, and now I'm like thinking back and wishing I could go back in time and like dig into the inspector panel or something <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of funny people you know freak out when they they realize something's written on cold fusion and i i always tell people it's like well most sites you can't tell what it's written in if it's done recently yeah. if it's a legacy site you might see a dot cfm somewhere but most you know recent sites all using pretty urls and everything so yep but yeah, everyone freaks out because like Chase is using it, or you know Facebook or something. It's like because a lot of the apps they use are written in it. So, anyways. Yeah. But, cool. So yeah, that was the first one. It's a backend developer. There wasn't a location, um, but United States, hopefully remote. Uh, we have a team lead at Kochi, Kerala, in India. A senior cold fusion developer at uh, Colon, Pennsylvania. It's kind of an unfortunate town name. Um, and then a full-time developer in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. Okay. So that's a good little range there. Remember, you can follow them on Twitter, and you can also post jobs for free there as well. So next up, we have our Forgebox module of the week. And this week, we're revisiting an old one, but there's a good reason for that. Yeah, so this one is the commandbox.env module. Got a little upgrade this week uh, for Mr. Brad Wood, actually. I was going to make him talk about it, but uh, I guess I'll take it instead, which is that you can have multiple uh, .env files loaded when starting your server and that those files can be set as server properties or commandbox um, system properties. And it will load up all of them at once and pass them into your server. So now if your server has a custom EMV it needs to load in a different path, you can put that as a setting, load those all up. So Yeah. Very cool. Didn't isn't he using some file globbing stuff in here too? Yeah, yeah. You can pass a glob if you'd like to. Like you want to load all dot properties files in the web web root as well as like a config folder, you know, things like that. So pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some some nice upgrades, and for anyone who isn't using .env, it's a pretty cool way to to basically load variables like you're using environment variables or system properties, and it makes it easy just to get variables in there. So when you're starting up one site or another, uh, it, you can read those, and it's just nice and neat. It works with Docker or with Command Box. You can use it for other things too if you just want to get stuff into your app, even if you're not using either of those. So it's a pretty handy tool. Yeah, I know that um, we use it mostly for local development because you don't really want to be setting a bunch of environment variables on your local system that can conflict with different sites you're working on. Um, 
but we've had some clients also use this in like production deploys, whether it's shared hosting or any other uh, way, they just want to use .env. And so this is a very handy um, way for them to point their server to load a .env EMV file that's not in like the the Git root, the web root, and it can load it from outside that they can configure. So that was yep. where this got pushed from. So yeah, maybe that applies to you and you want to go check it out now. Um, but you'll have to wait a little bit because breaking news, Forgebox is currently offline for its big upgrade from Into the Box. Yes. We'll see if it gets upgraded before we end, but it is in the progress. I'm very excited. Yep, for sure. I wonder if we're going to get a bunch of people jump in the chat and say, I can't load this, I can't install this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we had to do it while everyone was awake and alive. That way we could fix it if anything goes wrong and roll back. But yep, <laughs> a lot of big stuff coming out there. So, Okay, next up we have our VS Code hint tip and trick of the week. And this one is actually cool because it's not just one hint and tip and trick. It's a video about a whole bunch of them. So um, James Quick, uh, you may have seen him, and they do these live streams periodically on um, the VS Code live stream. And so this week's one is actually a release party for the October release, but they actually have uh, some pretty good videos. And this one is his favorite tips and tricks with VS Code. Um, so they've already got you know 15,000 views, but this is part of the you know the team releases, and they have these videos out. Um, release all the time so if you aren't subscribing to their um, their calendar events you should do that um, they're pretty cool live streams and again this week they have one on Thursday and you can see all the new stuff in uh, October's release of VS Code so go check out that video and let us know if you find the awesome ones that we should be using I need to go in there and make sure that all my latest uh, extensions are the best ones so I can put them on the list <laughs> I just want to put a plug in real quick for all of the great Cold Fusion VS Code extensions that we have. I noticed in the CFML Slack the other day, somebody asking about Adobe's, and I realized that I felt very happy with the extensions that we have. And so thank you to all those in the community that have worked on them, sent pull requests, supported them. Uh, you make our VS Code developing life wonderful. Yep, and I always forget his name, but Kamasama K, I think, is Andrew Brown, and he's like one of the guys, main guys behind a lot of them. And, you know, he's done, you know, that's basically the best CFML one out there for those who aren't using it. You should be. Um, but, yeah, the cold box stuff and test box stuff is all built on top of all, all of that other CFML goodness. And, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff out there. So, we love the CF format, the CF lint. This, yeah, it's very, very cool. Okay, next up, our Patreon supporters. So we want to thank all of you for uh, supporting this podcast and all the other open source initiatives that Waters has, like Commandbox, Forgebox, Coldbox, Contentbox, Testbox, and uh, our package management, obviously, that works with Commandbox. So a lot of great stuff there. And if you want to become a Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash autosolutions. And when you do, you get some pretty cool perks, right, Eric? That's right. Bronze level and up, you're going to get a free Forgebox Pro and CFCast subscription as, as a perk. For the rest of you, you get access to a private forum on our community website, as well as a sweet profile badge to show your Patreon supporting status. 
Yep, and then remember that we do have annual memberships now, so if you pay for the year, you save 10%. So, with that being now, said... I'm, sorry? I've been looking at this list of names, and I think it may be possible to do it in one breath, but then we wouldn't hear their wonderful names. So I think... Yeah, I was going to say... we'll like, take it a little slower. <laughs> I tried, and I can't get through 10 of them. So, there's like 38. Plenty <laughs> of names on the list. So. Well, let me run through the names of these supporters here. Thank you to John Wilson with Synaptrix, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, David Bellinger, Dean Maunder, Gary Knight, Giancarlo Gomez, Jonathan Perret, Mario Rodriguez, Jeffrey McGee with Sunstar Media, Yogesh Mathur, Joseph Lamery, Ben Nadal, Brett DeLine, Carl Von Stetten, Charlie Earhart, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, Didier Lisnicki, Edgardo Cabezas, Jan Yannick, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Jeremy Adams, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Kai Koenig, Laxma Titrahadi, Leon Saramelis, Matthew Darby, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Patrick Flynn, Ross Phillips, Scott Steinbeck with Agri Tracking Systems, Sean Odin, Stephanie Mond, and Stephen Klotz. Thank you for supporting us, this podcast, and our work at Order Solutions. Yep, awesome. It's great to see them, and it's great to also see those names popping up in the blog posts that we see and in the conference sessions and attendees alike. So it's good to, to have a, a little community supporting us, and yeah, very cool. Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for joining us and listening to an, a quiet version and then the, the loud version of this podcast today. So I really appreciate <laughs> everyone who took the time to, to do that, and um, thanks for those chatting in there. Um, <laughs> and Charlie's like, man, it's getting pretty long here. You may want to do like a rolling movie credit so you can just play at the end. And we will, Charlie, eventually do something like that because uh, the idea is if you're at a certain level or above, we'll read your name on the podcast. But we thought we'll support all those early supporters for as long as we can by reading them. But yeah, eventually we'll uh, we'll have to just do certain levels and up like like the Patreon page says. But you know, we want to, <laughs> yeah, we want to just basically thank everybody because it means so much for them to be an early supporter and they really helped us you know keep this podcast alive and going and thanks to everyone in the chat too because without it it would be pretty boring here you know just talking to ourselves right or finish a whole episode and realize that we didn't actually have audio coming out yeah that would have been good i actually got some slack <laughs> messages at the same time but whoops yeah. <laughs> so i guess we're gonna go now so you guys have a great week and uh, we'll fix eric's audio and we'll see you next time <laughs> see you guys <laughs> bye Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.